My name is Christian. And I'm Rob. And this is Faith 168. There are 168 hours in every week. And in those 168 hours, we need Jesus to make it through. So join us every week as we share devotions, talk about standing boldly in the Word of God, and answer tough questions submitted by you, our listeners. Welcome Welcome to to Faith 168. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, we are glad to be here today talking to you on the Faith 168 podcast. Today, we're going to take a look at several different things. We're going to talk about what it is to share our testimony. Uh, We're going to talk about being called into the ministry. Uh, We're going to talk about how God blesses us when we follow in his calling into the ministry. And we're going to look at some good advice for people that are going into the ministry. And joining Brother Rob and I today is Brother Ed. And he's joining us, not as he's sitting here with us and recording with us, but I actually had the opportunity to sit down with a with Brother Ed Lafferty of First Baptist Church of Elizabethtown, Illinois, and interview him about his time in the ministry. And so as Brother Rob and I talk today, we're going to refer back to this interview and look at some of the testimony and the callings and God's blessings and uh, even Brother Ed's advice uh, concerning his time in the ministry. But we're so glad uh, that you're with us today. Uh, Brother Rob is here. How are you doing, Brother Rob? Doing well. And uh, he's excited to to, to start this podcast uh, talking about our, our testimony. So I'm not going to take up any more time. I'm just going to go ahead and pass it over to Rob. Absolutely. So the first question that you asked, Brother Ed, was what is a testimony? And so I want to start off with a little bit of scripture for us today. Then I'll share a little bit of my testimony. Then I'll pass it back over to you, Brother Christian. Uh, But the the passage of scripture I want to focus in on at first here is 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 12. Here Paul gives us a glimpse of his testimony. And uh, we know that uh, by looking through the book of Acts and looking through different uh, epistles uh, written by Paul, that his testimony is a very dramatic testimony. Uh, and, and here he just gives a, a quick uh, reminder to Timothy, who is his son in the faith. Um, he just gives him a reminder of where God has brought him from and where he's leading him to. And that should give us all hope. And that's really uh, why we share our testimony, is to share what God has done in our lives. And so I'm going to start reading here. The Word of God says, in First uh, Timothy chapter one verse twelve, I give thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because uh, his he considered me faithful, appointed me to the ministry, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an arrogant man. But I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed among. Uh, along with the faith and love uh, that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, 
and I am the worst of them. But I receive mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of them, uh, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I feel like Paul so often. I look back at my life and, uh, you know, I was saved at a, a really young age. I was eight years old. Um, I remember questioning uh, my grandfather uh, about things of concerning salvation when I was six and seven years old. Uh, I would come up with a question and I would go to him and he would tell me uh, his answer to the best of his ability. Uh, and then he would, uh, and then I would go on about my way. He would satisfy my desire for, for knowledge in that moment. Uh, but eventually when I was eight years old, I finally decided that I was ready um, to accept Jesus as my Savior, to repent of the sin that I, I knew that I could, had committed, uh, and to trust in Jesus as my Savior. I knew that uh, that I needed a Savior, and I knew that Jesus was the only one. And so I, um, so I trusted in Jesus as my Savior. Um, and even though I was saved at a, a young age, and I hadn't really done a whole lot wrong. I mean, I had disobeyed my my parents. I had uh, probably stolen some things and uh, done some things that I, I shouldn't have. Um, basically, what I had done wrong were typical eight-year-old things to do wrong. And so um, I repented, uh, but there wasn't a whole lot of change um, other than uh, my desire to, to read God's Word and, and different things like that. Uh, but there wasn't much to turn away from because I was uh, eight years old. However, uh, later on in my teenage life was when uh, I, I kind of had a rebellion against God, and uh, I turned away from Him and had a few pretty rocky relationships and um, did some things that I'm not proud of. Uh, but I remember one night after, it was probably the, the worst night of my life after making some of the most uh, uh, we'll, we'll just say it's not the smartest decisions I've ever made. Uh, I remember driving home and I took the long way home. And I, I remember feeling like I was the, uh, the worst human on the planet, that I was uh, broken beyond repair. I, I was thinking about everything that I had done wrong. At that point, I was addicted to, uh, to pornography. I was, um, in a, a lustful relationship for strictly physical reasons. I was in, um, uh, had a, a, a terrible, uh, terrible, terribly filthy mouth. And, um, I remember one time, one of my good friends, brother Derek, uh, asked me one day in uh, engineering class, uh, I said a cuss word. I don't even know what it was. And he said, Robbie, do you cuss? And I remember thinking, man, I cuss all the time. Um, but everybody used to call me preacher, man. And uh, that kind of broke me and prepared me for this night. But anyways, I'm driving home from from uh, one of the toughest nights of my life. And uh, it was as if Jesus was in the car with me. Um, and it's not what he said, but how I felt. Um, that night, it was as if he wrapped me in a hug and greeted me with a kiss, just like the prodigal son. And uh, 
uh, let me know that he loved me and that I was still his son, that no matter what I had done, that, that he still had um, a, a purpose for my life and he was going to forgive me um, through it all, not because of who I am or what I had done, but because of what who, who he is and, and what he had done for me. And so my testimony really kicks in when I was a teenager, almost 18 years old. Uh, God really turned my life around. And uh, I, I can tell you, um, not where I want to be, uh, but I'm better than I used to be. And I praise God for that, uh, that, you know, I, I feel like Paul, I feel like the chief among sinners or the, the greatest among sinners, yet uh, Jesus loved me and he died for me um, even before the foundation of the world. And that's just, uh, that just amazes me. Brother Christian, what about you? What's your testimony? Yeah, well, I'm not going to get into my full testimony, but yeah, <laughs> I, uh, and I know you didn't get into your full testimony. If you're ever interested in our full testimony, we'd be glad to, to share that. Absolutely. Uh, but if you want to hear that, be ready for a very, very long <laughs> conversation. Yes. Uh, but my testimony and what all testimonies are, it starts, where were you before Christ met you? Where were Absolutely. you when Christ met you? And where did Christ take you? Absolutely. That's what a testimony involves. That's right. Uh, and, and so I always tell people about who I was before Christ, before I put my faith in him. And the simple way to put it was I was an angry, selfish little boy. And like Brother Rob, I was, uh, I put my faith in Christ at a very young age. I was eight years old at the time. But I remember even before then that there were teachers and uh, there were church leaders even that looked at me and, and thought that there was just no hope for this kid. In fact, I remember a teacher, my third grade teacher, telling my mom that there was no way that she could release a child like me onto society. Wow. And she swore that I met all the requirements that she had ever seen in a student that would always end up in prison. And so I had these problems and there were reasons teachers saw that. Uh, I was an angry kid. I let a lot of things get to me. I was a very hyper kid as well. Uh, it was hard for me to sit down and listen to people because I wanted to do my own thing. Uh, I was very self-absorbed in that. But then there was this change in that same teacher. I'll tell you a little bit more about her as we continue on. But I put my faith in Christ one night. Uh, there were a lot of questions that I had. And people kept telling me to go to the Bible. So I went to the Bible and I kept reading the Bible and I read the Bible and I read the Bible and it didn't make any sense to me until one day I told a lie to my mother and I didn't know exactly everything that was going on in my mom's life. I didn't know what was going on in my parents' life. I was a eight year old kid, but I remember I was about to get in trouble for something and I lied and blamed everything on my father mm. and she believed it. And, and, and she, because there were a lot of things going on in their relationship at that time that I wasn't aware of. And as I saw how that lie really 
was destructive and, and did some damage in their relationship at that moment as they were arguing about it, I realized that lying was a sin. And all of a sudden, all these things just started snapping. And I was like, sin is what's separating me from God. I am on a path to hell, but God sent his son, Jesus, to take me off of this path to hell and put me on the path of his righteousness to eternal life in him. And so I put my faith in Christ that night. Uh, I remember I was living in, in a small rural area at that time. I ran out of my room. I yelled, I lied, I lied. And, uh, but I'm a Christian now. I put my faith in Christ. And so they couldn't be mad about me lying at that time. So, uh, but after that, I remember I went and told my teacher the next day. I said, Miss So-and-so, I won't say her name uh, <laughs> because I don't want to make her seem real bad or anything because of what she said about me before. Right. But I, I walked up to her and I said, I'm, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I put my faith in Christ. And she kind of chuckled. And then she said something that I thought was extremely mean at the time. But it's actually very true. But listen to this carefully. You might even think this is mean as you hear this. She said, we'll see. And for the longest time, I couldn't understand that. We'll see. Who is she to question the fact that I put my faith in Christ? We'll see. But the truth is, we will see. When you put your faith in Christ, you become a new creation. All things are made new. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are new. Mm -hmm. And... She knew that if I had truly put my faith in Christ, those things that she thought before were going to go out the door. Now, right. she wasn't necessarily nice to me after that. She was still my teacher, and no one likes their teachers at third grade. But she, she said that to me, and I realized that is a part of my testimony because I was lost, I was angry, I was selfish, I put my faith in Christ and I was saved. I was found. And even though I still stumble in sin and I do have selfishness, I do have anger and thing like that, things like that, uh, those things don't define me anymore. I used right. to be an angry kid. Now I'm not an angry person, but mm -hmm. I'm a, a Christian. I am a follower of Christ, and that is my identity. And Christ has taken me so far. Uh, he He helps me daily uh, when when I really want to get angry and, and say something or yell or stomp my feet or complain. He, he uh, embraces me and holds me through those situations, and he's brought me far. In fact, uh, some teachers, when I tell them, that I am now a pastor and youth minister, and I am a director of a youth camp. They laugh as soon as I tell them, and right. then I say, "No, I'm I'm serious. I'm, that's what I'm really doing." And it's hard for them to understand. But Christ has brought me far, and there's nothing in this life, in this ministry that I've been called into, that I have actually done uh, other than follow the will of God. But God has opened up all the doors and he has brought yes. me this far. And really? so a testimony is about who you were and when you met Christ and where he uh, took you. And so Brother Ed Lafferty, he 
uh, as I said, is a he was a pastor. He actually just retired, and I got to sit down and do an interview with him. And I asked him this question: uh, When did you put your faith in Christ? And let's take a look at what he says. When did you put your faith in Christ? Chris, it's good to be with you today and to share with you just a little bit about what God has done in my life. It's it's been a miracle as far as I can I, I can look at my life and and see where I came from. I was born and raised in a little town in Logan, West Virginia, called McConnell, and uh, we as children uh, attended vacation Bible school at a little community church called the McConnell Tabernacle, and uh, there was a little. Um, uh, primary school teacher, um, Mary Elizabeth Perry. And um, I was always a backward kid. I, I didn't have anything I wanted to say or, or um, I went along with the other other kids, but I would never volunteer anything or anything like that. And Miss um, Mary, uh, one, one day during vacation Bible school in 1964, uh, after all the other children had, had left, she took me aside and began to talk to me about the Lord Jesus and about my need to make a profession of faith in him. And of course, I was, I was so um, reserved and so, um, I guess, backward, bashful, mm -hmm. that, um, that I could hardly speak. But um, she did go ahead and she presented the gospel to me and um, she prayed and um, uh, when I left, I wouldn't make a commitment verbally, but something happened between the lower level of that church and the upper level. Mm -hmm. And I said I was saved at mid, midway between two floors, saved between floors. And um, by the time I got upstairs and the preacher was delivering the message um, and uh, he came to that point of invitation, I came to that point where I, I began thinking, When's he going to stop talking so that I can get up there? Mm -hmm. And um, when he gave the invitation, I was the first one down the aisle. And I t he asked me why I came and what, what happened to me. And I told him how I invited Jesus into my heart and mm -hmm. uh, that I knew that the Lord had saved me. And uh, that was in June of 1964. And I was baptized uh, shortly after that and became uh, part of the church. And... Um, the Lord, the Lord has blessed me um, ever since. I mean, he, he has been there for me. He's been there with me. And um, I, have, I have no doubt whatsoever that Jesus Christ is, is God's son, that he died for give us my sin. And he rose again from the dead uh, for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I accepted him and became part of the family of God at that point. And then I was baptized in June that year and became part of, uh, part of the church. And then later on, of course, um, I became connected with Baptist Church and um, united with Baptist Church and became part of the Baptist movement. Man, that was an awesome testimony from Brother Ed. I'm glad I got to sit down with him and, and record that with him. Uh, and so we're going to go on. Uh, as I continue in this interview with Brother Ed Lafferty, uh, we talk about his calling into the ministry. And he was called to be a pastor. He was actually called also to be a youth minister at one point. Uh, but 
one thing we have to understand about being a Christian is that every Christian is called into the ministry. And so I want to read a passage out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 through 31. And here's what Paul writes to the church of Corinth. Now, you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, uh, next miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, leading, various kinds of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all do miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but desire the greatest gifts, and I will show you an even better way. And so we have this understanding that when someone says I'm called into the ministry, it's like one position. You're called into being a pastor. You're called to preach, but that's not what it means. Uh, we can go back to the Great Commission, you know, uh, that we're supposed to go out unto all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's not a call for a pastor. That's a call for all disciples of Christ. That's and true. so if you're a follower of Christ, you're a disciple of Christ. And so when we say that we come together in this body, we're one body in Christ, though we're all united, we have individual gifts that God has given us. And in these gifts, he calls us to use those God-given gifts, those God-given abilities to serve him in various ways in the ministry. For Brother Ed Lafferty, who we interviewed, his calling was to be a pastor. For Brother Rob and I, our callings uh, are to be a pastor. And he calls us to do other things, too, as we're going through that. it's We're not even necessarily going to always be a pastor continuously. There might be breaks in between. In fact, you'll hear an interview eventually from my grandfather, Doug Anderson. He was a pastor. That was his calling. But then God called him to... Uh, be a director for a while at a children's home, and he wasn't a pastor during that time. And God calls us in our various different abilities that he's blessed us with to go in the ministry. So if you're listening to this right now and you are a Christian, I just want to ask you, well, first, let's go back. First, what's your testimony? And then now we're to this point. What gift has God given you? And how is he calling you to use that for his ministry, for the preaching of his gospel? Brother Absolutely. Rob, what do you have to say? Absolutely. And and I would I would add to that um, question is, is what are you good at? What what has God gifted you with? Or do you have uh, musical ability? Are you able to sing or, or to play an instrument? Are you uh, good at, at fixing things? Do you... Um, have the ability to to work on vehicles or or maybe uh, you're a carpenter whatever you are whatever God has blessed you with the ability to do God wants you to use it for his glory we're told to do all things um, as if we're doing them for for the glory of God if we're doing them for God himself and so we have to understand that every good and gracious gift from God is for us to use to see souls saved and life changed. Um, if you're not good at talking in front of people, that's okay. 
there are many people who impact the kingdom, who impact Christ's kingdom uh, without ever talking to a person. Now, um, I say that uh, we're all, as Brother Christian said, to to preach and to teach in the sense of just going out and sharing our testimony, going out and, and sharing the word of God, talking to other people uh, about our experience and and what scripture we're, we're reading and, and learning from uh, in, in our daily lives. But um, but the, the most significant part you play uh, might not be one that's often seen. And, and we see this in, in Paul's analogy of the body. Uh, the body of Christ is one body. Uh, however, we are each individual parts. Uh, we mm-hmm. can't all be a mouthpiece for God. We all can't be uh, hands for God. We all can't be feet for God. Some of us have to do other parts. Some of us um, have to do different things. And But each and everything is a part of the body. Uh, is is one body part more important than the other? Um, not really. Not, not when you're considering what the body is intended to do. Uh, we can't do, um, or our bodies can't do what it's intended to do without all of its members and in the same way without uh, all of the members of, of Christ's body. Uh, the church isn't going to do what it's it's supposed to do. And as Brother Christian said, I was, uh, I've been called uh, to, to be a preacher. I've been called to be a pastor. Uh, at the moment, I have... Uh, currently been called uh, into uh, the unknown. I, I feel like um, I feel like Abraham, as God called Abraham out of the land of the, the Chaldeans into uh, to go wherever God was leading him. But then he didn't tell him where that was going to be. Um, God is leading me into a secular position as a teacher, and I'm so excited about it. Um, but I don't know where he's going to use me in the ministry. It's not like he's dropped his calling for me to be a pastor or to be a preacher, uh, but I don't know where he's going to use me yet. But all we have to do is be faithful to God and trust that um, that he's going to lead us and he's going to guide us. And, and wherever we end up, uh, he's going to use us. And so I'm excited. And so uh, don't be too worried about what God's calling is on your life. Um just trust God and and do what you're good at. Do what He's blessed you with, and He will use you in the ministry. Um, and and I'm excited to hear what uh, Brother Ed had to say uh, about the call into the ministry. Yeah. And so I asked Brother Ed, uh, when were you called to preach? And and he shares with us his experience. Uh, in that calling. So let's take a listen to what Brother Ed has to say. When did you feel the call to become a pastor? Okay, that uh, that happened in, in the 70s, 1977 is the, the actual uh, time. Um, I was serving uh, to come to Missionary Baptist Church as youth director, mm-hmm. and I was working at Ford Motor Company and uh, was perfectly content with, with what I was doing and, and had the resources to uh, to do a lot of things with the children that um, youth ministers uh, need to do. And um, we, uh, we came up to uh, a conference that was going to be held, a youth conference at Bambi Lake mm-hmm. in, uh, in Michigan. And um, I, I took this group and we went to, uh, to Bambi Lake 
And you talk about a trying week. Yeah. That was that was a trying week. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. The devil was behind me, barking at every every turn I took. And um, uh, there was uh, some circumstances that um, some of the children were having some problems, difficulties, and and um, it, it, the Lord just was dealing with me, and um, I, I knew it. But I was running from it. Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, you, you think, well, God, what do I have to offer? Uh, what could I do uh, in this circumstance for you? And so I, I think what I was doing was running from the Lord and looking for excuses right. and saying to myself, this can't be God. <laughs> yep. God God's not talking to him. And um, so, um, but I, I went through a, a an oppression that you just couldn't imagine, uh, spiritual oppression that mm-hmm. that took place as I battled with with what God was asking me to do. And uh, finally, about a week after we got home, um, I, I heard the voice of God very clearly, and He says, "I want you to go. I want you to prepare. I want you to preach My word." Mm-hmm. And um, I. I fought it, mm-hmm. yeah, and and I did everything humanly possible to to uh, to avoid um, God's direction for 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 my life. But the more I resisted, the more miserable I became. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't explain the, the spiritual oppression that takes place when when you're resisting God, and you know what God wants you to do, but you just go on and do it. And I I kept saying to myself, I have this seniority at work and I have uh, uh, my family and all these things that uh, go into it. But the Lord just persisted and he wouldn't mm-hmm. let me go. And finally in 1977, I surrendered myself to the preaching of the gospel and announced it at, at my church, what the Lord was saying to me that he was calling me to preach. And as, as part of that, um, he was calling me to to become educated in, in the scripture. And um, I chose Cumberland College in Williamsburg, Kentucky, a Baptist College University. And um, then later I went to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and uh, studied the word there and uh, surrendered myself to him, quit, quit my job and left everything behind and, um, and followed the Lord. Mm. And let me tell you, the Lord has blessed me so so much beyond imagination. I, I just I just can't express how how God has been with me through mm-hmm. through r- deep, rough valleys and um, tribulation and, and trouble. And um, when when the moment came, he, he gave me a wonderful wife, a Christian wife, and and uh, we we have served the Lord. Here in this church, um, together for the last uh, 25 years, of course she's been here uh, longer than that. But um, for 37 years, I, I served the church. But uh, she was a widow in, in, in the church when, when we married. But God just um, God just gave her to me mm-hmm. and, and completed my my ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's been a joyous journey. Wow, that was a amazing to hear how brother ed was 
called into the ministry, the the way that God used him uh, in that. And so the next thing that we're going to talk about, as I was talking to Brother Ed, is there was a, a thing that stood out about Brother Ed. The typical pastor will spend somewhere between three to five years at one location. And there's varying reasons for that, but eventually someone within a certain number of years usually gives all that they can give for the edification and growth of that church. And they need to share their abilities elsewhere and let someone else different come in and continue to lead and help grow. Uh, So we typically see about three to five years in most pastorates. And you see some that get the 10 years. That's a long service. But one of the things that stood out about Brother Ed, and one of the big reasons we wanted to interview him, is Brother Ed was pastor of First Baptist Church of Elizabethtown, Mm -hmm. Illinois, not for three years, not for five years, not for 10 years. Not for 20 years, but for 37 years until he retired, Brother Ed pastored this church. And so this is where Brother Rob and I are going to talk about God's blessing in the ministry. And when we talk about these blessings, God calls us for varying times in varying places, but he blesses a ministry in two ways. There's two things that have to come together. First, there has to be someone called to that ministry. And then there has to be people called to accept the ministry. So many times we think a pastor is going to come into town and do something and take over and and something's just going to happen. But that's not how it is. Uh, Brother Ed was called to First Baptist Church, but it's First Baptist Church hadn't accepted that call or had heard him and disagreed with them and pushed against them uh, and things like that, uh, we could have seen the normal three to five year pastorate with Brother Ed. But what we see is God's blessing in this ministry, that Brother Ed came into town. He, he submitted himself as a candidate for pastor of First Baptist Church, and they called him. And, uh, and well, I should say, actually, God called him and they realized that God was calling him to that church and they accepted uh, God's challenge to them as well as they listened to the preaching and the leadership of Brother Ed Lafferty. But here's the thing here. We actually see Jesus talk about this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 12 through 14. Jesus sends out his disciples into these nearby towns and he says to him, go and work all these miracles uh, for, for the glory of God and don't take anything with you. You're going to be taken care of along the way. Uh, but here's what he says uh, concerning what happens when you get to a house that accepts you and what happens when you get to a house that doesn't accept you. In verse 12, Uh, Jesus says, greet a household when you enter it. And if the household is worthy, let your peace be on it. But if it is unworthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone does not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that house or town. 
In fact, verse 15, I'll just add this in there. Truly, I tell you, it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. And so as these disciples went out into each town, if the town received them, they stayed in that town and they preached and they taught and they uh, performed miracles by the power of God and they were taken care of in that town. But if a town that they came to would not accept them, didn't want anything to do with the living God, but turned them away, then they were to shake off the dust uh, off of their feet. And it was a sign of the judgment, the impending judgment that was going to come upon those people that instead of choosing life and righteousness, they denied it and chose to continue down the pathway of unrighteousness, the pathway of death, destruction, the pathway of hell. And so uh, Brother Ed, he came into this church, First Baptist Church, and they had a choice. He accepted his call to pastor, and they had a choice to accept him as pastor or to deny him. And I praise God that they accepted that call, that they listened to God, and that there was a fruitful ministry there. But before we get into what Brother Ed has to say about his 37 years at First Baptist Church, and even before that, this wasn't his first pastorate, actually. This is uh, um, his last pastorate, but he was there for 37 years. But Brother Rob, what do you have to say? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting how God works and how he moves and, and what he leads us to and what he leads us through. Um, I, I think back to my last church, uh, Bethany Baptist in Eddyville, Kentucky, and um, I was approached uh, by uh, a man that we both love and respect. Um, he was the DOM at that time, and he said, uh, he knew that I was considering church planting, and he said, Robbie, uh, what do you think about planting a church that already has a building and six people? And I said, man, that sounds good. And I said, that's a, a, a step up in the game. And uh, so he started talking to me about Bethany and man, we spent about three and a half, almost four years at Bethany and uh, God did some amazing things. I, I think back at some of the blessings, uh, there was a lady there, her name is uh, Sister Ann and she had lost right before I got to Bethany, she had lost uh, her daughter um, and uh, her daughter was 30-something years old. They went to church together. They did Bible study together, and it broke uh, my sister's heart. It, it just tore her apart into pieces, and I can only imagine. Um, you know, I, I have uh, two children and, and one on the way, so I have three children, and I can't imagine losing uh, any of them and, and what kind of pain and suffering that might bring. But uh, I remember the first time, it was about that uh, Sister Ann came to church. It was about three months after we had been there. And she came in the back and uh, my my wife uh, went and said hi to her. And uh, she told my wife, she said, now I might not stay the rest of the service. She said, this is the first time I've set foot in a church uh, since my daughter died. And, and she said, I'm mad at God. And um, I, I just, I just don't know if I can make it. So my wife and my my daughter went and, and sat with her on the back row to make her feel a little bit more comfortable and, and to have some support. And uh, she ended up staying the whole service. And 
Uh, about three months into her coming, uh, she was a regular attender, and every Sunday she was given a testimony about how hard that week was for her without her daughter, but how blessed she was to have a church that loved her and had a God who would lead her and guide her and give her peace, uh, even in the midst of, of this great trial. I also think of uh, a brother, I won't give his name just because of his testimony. I, I, I want to, to do a episode one day on, on his testimony and let him share that, but uh, I think of another brother who was uh, addicted to drugs and had come out of rehab again, and um, they, his family was invited to to our church by my mom, and um, after the first Sunday, they came back, and they came back, and they came back, and uh, three or four months in, they became uh, members of the, the church, and uh, man, what a powerful warrior uh, family for God uh, they are, and um, uh, you know, one of the first things I remember him telling me uh, was he had just got out of rehab and he was doing good, but um, the, his mentor had just passed away, and uh, he was af- he was so afraid that he was going to go back into that lifestyle. And I, I just reassured him and said, I, I can't promise you that uh, we can, you know, prevent that from happening. But no matter what happens, we can love you through it, and we can be here to support you and uh, to see. Um, just the the sparkle in his eye when he would get a little bit more of the grace of God and understand his word. Uh, it was just amazing. And so, um, and then of course, God called me away. Um, we were averaging somewhere about 20, 25, 30 people on a Sunday morning, and now they're averaging over 50. And so uh, God blessed them by increasing their number when I left. But Nonetheless, it's it's the things like that, the experiences, the testimonies of of others that um, to me are the blessing um, that that God gives the minister and uh, in the ministry. And like you said, um, if Bethany wouldn't have uh, accepted me as they did, um, those people wouldn't have been blessed in that way. Not saying that that I'm the reason they were blessed, of course, because it's it's God through me. Uh, mm-hmm. I have no ability to bless anybody, but because of God's gift in my life and, and through my life, uh, because of their acceptance of me and my family yeah. and the calling of God, uh, other people got blessed. And that was the, the greatest blessing that I could ever receive. Yeah. Well, let's listen to God's blessings on the 37 years of ministry at First Baptist Church Amen. with Brother Ed Lafferty. Let's take a moment and listen to him. Tell us a little bit about uh, how long you've been uh, in the ministry, how long you've been preaching, and tell us about uh, how you have done something completely amazing, uh, served 37 years in a church where the average span of a pastor is three to five years. Explain to us just about how that works. We have a joke. We married into it. <laughs> but but no, it, it, it was God's doing. It was God's will. Course. I, be, I began preaching in, in the late 70s, and uh, while I was youth minister, I, I would do sermons uh, off and on for fill-in, and then pastor had to be away or something of that nature. And um, then in, um, when I went into, um, in, into college and began to prepare, the Lord opened other doors, um, serving in small churches in uh, Kentucky, eastern Kentucky. 
and uh, around the around the area of Corbin in, in that region. And um, I had a I had a wonderful experience there at um, at the college. You know, uh, there were difficult times, of course. I don't want anybody to think, you know, it's a even flow. But uh, there were storms, and there mm -hmm. were tribulations, and there were troubles and trials. But God was always faithful. He was always there. And every time he would close the door, he would open another. And um, he, he led me through to, to receive my uh, degree, um, Bible degree, uh, and um, go on to uh, Southwestern Seminary in uh, 1979. And um, I went to uh, Southwestern, a wonderful, wonderful uh, school of learning. And um, I grew tremendously and uh, went to uh, Fort Worth and, and um, served there and went to uh, local churches there. And uh, had some wonderful pastors that, that I sat under and uh, learned a great deal from in, uh, in my experience uh, in seminary. And then um, following seminary, um, I was uh, led to back to uh, Michigan, which was a mission field, and um, began pastor, uh, pastor little church, uh, Trinity Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. And um, I stayed there for uh, about three and a half years and um, had a wonderful experience uh, there with people that I loved and, and uh, shared and um, the, the church uh, was uh, was good, and uh, we had a we had a great experience there uh, until um, nineteen eighty seven, I think it was. But um, anyway, we we uh, we fulfilled what uh, what the Lord wanted us to do there, and had a had a wonderful experience, and, mm -hmm. and God really blessed us. That's where I got my beginning. And then um, I came to, um, to Mid-Continent Baptist Bible College then in Mayfield, Kentucky uh, to fulfill the role of registrar there for the, for the college. And um, Raymond Lawrence was, uh, was president. He was a dear friend of mine. He was, I called him my father in Christ. He, mm -hmm. he was, a, he was a, a great encourager and um, someone that loved the Lord. And, uh, he heard about this little church in Elizabethtown, Illinois, and he asked if I would go over and and uh, fill in that they were uh, they had just lost their pastor, and um, if I would come and uh, just uh, preach, and um, so I came over, and uh, I remember saying when I drove up, I said, "Lord, I'll fill in, but I'm not staying." Uh -huh. <laughs> And uh, I, I I came in and um, I began to I began to understand some things that God was giving that you don't you don't get every day uh, things about love and relationships and friendships and uh, life calling that that became a part of my uh, my life as I, I served here and. Uh, Every day has been a every day has been a joy. It's been a spiritual journey mm -hmm. um, for me, and and it's more than it became more than just um, pastor pastoring a church. It became 
a fellowship it became a, a family uh, to me over the years and you know 37 years i look back on it now it's blink of an eye mm -hmm. but it, it is a long tenure for a pastor to stay these days but if the lord's in it if, if god's in it and and the lord tells you to do it and you you're obedient to him it can't be anything else but a blessing right he, he, he won't let it be anything else. Mm -hmm. so, oh, there have been ups and downs, and there have been trials and tribulations, right. and, uh, troubles on every hand, sort of, so to speak. But the Lord is faithful. Man, in 37 years of ministry, that's a, an amazing part of Brother Ed's testimony that we just listened to. And the last thing I talked to Brother Ed about was advice. And actually, Brother Rob, I'm going to let you start out here. Why don't you read 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 9, and talk a little bit about Paul giving his advice to Timothy there. Absolutely. Uh, so in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 8, the Word of God says, So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in the suffering of the gospel, relying on the power of God. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. If I could give um, some advice to uh, younger people who are getting into the ministry, it's simply rely on Christ. Um, mm -hmm. There is nothing about you, and, and I'm, I don't mean to... Uh, to play you down because I know that there is um, everyone who listen who is listening to this is dearly loved by God and called by God to do amazing things. Uh, but understand this: without Jesus, you're nothing. Without Jesus, I'm nothing. Uh, and so the only thing that we can do is to trust in Jesus. And that's exactly what Paul is saying here to to Timothy. He's saying mm -hmm. throughout your ministry. Um, there's going to be suffering. He said, I'm even a prisoner uh, of the Lord. And we know uh, some of the, the hard times that Paul went through. He was stoned to death uh, without the dying part. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Uh, he was he was put in prison for the gospel. Uh, he, he was bitten by a poisonous snake. Uh, he, was, he went through all kinds of stuff for the gospel. Mm -hmm. Yet he relied on Jesus and Jesus brought him through every single thing in the same way he has brought me through every single thing and you know what is sad on my part is that most of the stuff that jesus brings me through is stuff of my own making it's the own my own mess that i put myself in that he brings me out of but no matter where you're coming from no matter where you've been god is gracious his mercies are renewed every day and his calling on our life is not according to what is inside of us or, or what we're made of. It's about whose we are, and we are Jesus's. And so um, that would be my advice. Uh, but I've only been in the game, in the ministry game, for about nine years. I'm excited to, to listen to what Brother, uh, Brother Ed had to say. Yeah. And I agree with you, Brother Rob. Uh, the simple advice is follow Christ. That's right. Just just keep on keeping on 
in walking in the footsteps of Jesus. When we start yeah. trying to pick our own path, that's when things will get shaky. Mm-hmm. But if we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, uh, then we're doing exactly what we're supposed to do. And so that's the simple advice. But Brother Ed, after having you know over over 40 some odd years of service in the yeah. ministry, uh, has some more in-depth advice. It's based uh, off of this simple advice, following the footsteps of Jesus, but he has mm. some great advice. So let's take a moment to look at what Brother Ed has to say to someone that's pro- possibly going into the ministry. If you could give one scrap of advice to a young man being called into the ministry, what would you tell him? You know, I gave this a lot of thought. And um, prayer, as as I um, thought about retirement and the end of the end of my ministry here. But there are three there are three particular things that I would encourage every young man who was going into God's service uh, to consider. And the first thing is the word. Be dedicated to the Word of God. Put, put the Word of God first. The Word is your authority base. The Word is um, the, the foundation on which everything else is based. And God very meticulously gave us the 66 books of the Bible for a, for a reason, for a purpose. And that's, that's to prepare us in receiving His Son, in, in in knowing his son, in in serving his son, and and being successful in ministry. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would encourage a young man to do is set aside time for personal Bible study. Get into the Word, study the Word, prepare your messages prayerfully, and and uh, allow God to deal with you uh, through the Word, and base everything that you preach on God's Word. So get into the Word of God, be faithful to the Word of God, preach the Word of God, study the Word of God, and and share the Word of God with those in the world around you. The second thing is is prayer. Now, I I can't tell you the times when, when prayer became essential uh, to the to the ministry that um, that I was doing or experiencing, and um, when when you stop and you think about prayer, don't be afraid to talk with God, talk things over with God, be honest with God, and um, don't be don't be flippant with Him, but um, but let Him in prayer um, direct your your decision making processes. Uh, a lot of times, as pastor of the church, um, we get, bur- I guess, burnout, mm-hmm. suffer burnout, and those kind of things. And and part of the reason is we've divorced ourselves from um, from prayerfully um, keeping the relationship alive, and mm-hmm. and and you do that through prayer and personal Bible study. And so I, I encourage any young man that's that's going forth to serve the Lord. To, to be a prayer warrior. Put, put 
a lot of time, a lot of effort in the Word of God and in prayer. Very mm -hmm. important. And the third thing is love. <laughs> you know, um, in preparing for, thinking about uh, this this interview even today, I, I was thinking about um, the lives that had touched my life over 37 years. Mm -hmm. I, I've been I've been more enriched than anyone else in this church. I, I've I've experienced the love of Jesus greater than 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 most of the membership, I think. But um, love is key. Mm -hmm. And when you fall in love with your people and, and you 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 become a part of their lives, uh, you 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 can't you can explain what happens to you. But but you'll be you'll be praying for them. You'll be interceding for them. You'll be um, ministering to them. You'll you'll be seeking ways that I can better better prepare them for the journey that, that they're on. And, uh, and and so love you you can't underestimate the power of love right. as a pastor for for your people because that's the strength of your church. If you have those three working together, you have the word, you have prayer, and you have love working together, you're you're unstoppable. Right. And and um, and of course the the fourth thing is the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, I, I I hear people talking all all the time, and, and pastors in particular. Um, but if you if you're not in contact with the Holy Spirit in your life, if you're not letting the Holy Spirit lead you and direct you, um, and, and that of course is in prayer and Bible study that you encounter the Holy Spirit, but um, you ha you have to be willing to surrender to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And sometimes He will take you down a path that looks dark and foreboding, but don't be afraid. Don't let fear. Uh, prevent you from um, from attempting the great things for God. You know, in, in, in the church, you're going to have times of revival. You're going to have times of, of uh, teaching ministry. You're going to have times of uh, uh, sorrow and uh, brokenness. And if, if you don't have the leadership of the Holy Spirit to make you spiritually sensitive to the needs of your people, you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're cutting yourself off from God, from, from what God wants you to do and what God wants you to be. And so you can't do it on your own. You have to have the leadership of the Holy Spirit. When, when Jesus appeared to his disciples and breathed upon them that they received the Holy Spirit, he was empowering them. Mm -hmm. And that's true for you as a pastor as well. And, and if you're going to serve the Lord, the way that he wants you to do it, you're, you're going to have to have the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And if you if you have those four things in your life, um, Satan can't touch you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you 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 have the shield of God. You have the power of God. You have the presence of God. Um, there, there's nothing else that you need to serve the Lord effectively. Than to have those things, um, so I, I, I hope that answers the question. Yeah. But uh, but I would I would encourage those four things in any young man's life that's going to serve the Lord.
man, that's some great advice from Brother Ed. I was so excited to sit down with him and have the opportunity to interview him about his testimony, his who he was before Christ, uh, him meeting Christ, and how Christ blessed him so much in the ministry that he appointed him to. And so I just want to give a huge shout out and thank you to Brother Ed for allowing us to interview him uh, and uh, want to thank him for his time uh, in the service for Christ. Uh, And he's, he's done some great things, not by his power, but by the power of Christ through him. Uh, He has had a successful ministry. He has run the race uh, and, and I'm just glad that God allowed me to meet him and brought me to a point to where I could meet him and learn so much from him. So thank you, Brother Ed, for that. Thank you, everyone who joined us here tonight uh, or this morning or this afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this. Uh, but we're so thankful for the people that are listening to this podcast. Uh, and we just want to get the word of God out. Uh, and we want to share these testimonies. We want to share these stories and talk about scripture with you. So your support uh, means everything to us. Brother Rob, do you have anything to say before we dismiss? No, I just, I, I was just thinking, you know, every episode we do, I say, you know, this is my favorite episode so far. <laughs> this is my favorite episode so far. Uh, once again, I, I just feel that way. I, I can feel God. Um, in the middle of this and, and I'm just excited about what he's going to do um, mm-hmm. through uh, through brother Ed's testimony and, and so I'm, ex- I'm, I'm so grateful uh, for him giving of his time in, in doing this yeah all right well thank you all for joining us we're going to end tonight with prayer and brother Rob is going to lead it absolutely Father, we thank you so much for this day and for all your many blessings. God, we thank you for each and every one of our listeners. God, we just pray a spiritual blessing uh, over them, that you would bless them um, as they read your word, as they study your word, as they try to live faithfully for you um, every hour of the week. God, we just pray that that you would uh, continually bless uh, the ministry of this uh, podcast, not not to, to, uh, to give us a big head about what we're doing, not to increase followers, but God, to, um, to have a, a kingdom impact for your glory. God, we do this for your glory, and so we just pray that, that you would be glorified through this. Uh, God, we pray that you would use it however you would like to, and that all glory would go to you, uh, our great God and Savior. God, we thank you so much for Brother Ed, for the 40-plus years of ministry that um, that you led him through, that he was faithful to you through. Uh, and God, we just pray that you would, um, like Brother Ed, raise up young men and women who are going to be used for, for ministry um, according to your gospel, through your Holy Spirit, um, that will impact a generation that is desperate for your gospel, desperate for your love, and desperate for your grace. Uh, God, we just thank you once again for each and every person listening to this. Um, And we just pray that you would, uh, until we 
come together next week that you would keep us safe. Uh, lead us and guide us closer to you and give us gospel-centered opportunities to, to share you with others. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We thank you for joining us. Uh, tune in next week as we have Brother Zach Davis on with us and we discuss raising children in, uh, in Babylon. And we talk about the need for raising our children uh, in the word of God and a great ministry that God has, has led Brother Zach Davis to. So thank you again right. for joining us and we'll see you in 168 hours. Thanks for joining us today. Every week has its trials and tribulations, and we want to encourage you to seek Christ during those times. We want to pray for you during those times. So look us up on Facebook by typing in Faith 168 Podcast and send us a message. It can be a prayer request, or maybe you want us to answer a question that you've been contemplating. Just send us a message. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we will see you again in 168 hours.